going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Joe Prime Story. Today, I want to say before I get started on the latest episode, thank you to everyone that has been rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music Prime, on Pandora, Deezer, um, Stitcher, and Google Music, and not to mention other platforms like Spotify. Thank you for rating it because it helps us be able to for people to find it. So that way they can check out the podcast. And the comments is great too. So that's definitely helps out a lot as well. So anyway, guys, I want to keep you in mind, keep you keep you guys informed that soon if we continue to get the downloads that we need to get on this on this uh podcast starting out when we hit to about I say 7,500 downloads, we will begin to have a Patreon. So that way, all of these episodes that are very intense, very graphic, will be on that. So without further ado, we're going to start tonight's story about the Dominique Clayton story out of uh, Oxford, Mississippi, home to the Old Miss. Not to mention, Dominique Clayton was a young and vibrant mother with four children. She was highly educated. She was very articulate and bubbly and knew how to make everybody feel the energy of love around her. But unfortunately, Dominique's life got cut short by dealing with a man who was supposed to love and cherish her but instead he wanted to do the cowardly way out as we dive in the story this is going to be talking about infidelity lies and let's not forget secrets because when you got infidelity lies and secrets in these type of cases man somebody definitely going to get hurt let's jump into the story it was may 2019 also mississippi nice sun was shining bright. Dominique's son comes home two o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. Okay. He had been spending the weekend, Friday and Saturday, with his brothers and his cousin at his uncle's house. Just having a good time like any eight-year-old would. So as he rushes in and shuts the door his mindset is on i want to tell my mom how excited it was hanging out with my uncle so as he goes and rush up the stairs in a very exciting excited manner he goes 
and opens the door. And when he opens his mother's bedroom door, he sees his mother in the bed laying on her stomach. In his mind, oh, mom must be asleep. Let me wake mom up. So he goes, like any other young child, excited to tell mom about his weekend, starts trying to wake his mother up. But when he touches his mother, she's cold to the touch. Not to mention, he gasps as he sees blood all around his mother's bed where she was laying. The frantic little boy rushes out of the room, runs down the stairs, goes outside where his grandmother is, and says, Grandma! Grandma! I don't know if you know this or not, but Mom is not waking up. Grandma's like, boy, and not to mention, there's blood all over the bed. Grandma looking at him strangely like, huh? Stay right there and I'm going to go and see what's going on. So the grandmother who's now taken aback by what's going on here decides to go and walk into the house. And as she approaches the stairs, gets to her room, looking and seeing her daughter laying on her stomach, sleep. She looking like she's asleep. She goes to her and says, Dominique, you need to wake up, girl. Dominique, you need to wake up. Oh my God. And you know, when this mother sees this blood all over her child's bed and then she sees blood coming from her head the mother screams not my baby she called to the touch and the mother frantically calls 911 now when this happened Dominique would be pronounced dead that day at the age of 32 Now, with Dominique's death, the family is devastated. Very, very devastated. So, the police gets there, and the local police goes and sees and identify Dominique Clayton. And that's when the police department was like, we can't touch this case. We got to get the MBI involved. Now, if you don't know what the MBI is, it is the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation. Now, usually every state has either that special type of organization as an extra set of eyes fresh that's not a part of the local department to look at cases that they either don't have the resources or could be a conflict of interest or they'll use their state patrol because state patrol do not have any bondings with any of the local police officers in the region because they're their own entity. But usually every state has their own use. Uh, like Texas, when they need someone to get investigate something that's going on, they go to the Texas Rangers. 
South Carolina. They have a team called SLED, South Carolina Law Enforcement Division. Um, Georgia has Georgia Bureau of Investigations. Mississippi has the Mississippi Bureau of Investigations and so forth. So when the MBI is called, the MBI is like anyone else asking, well, why are you guys calling us? Is it because you don't have the resources? No, because this case is a conflict of interest. Because the murder victim that we just found is the girlfriend of one of our policemen. And that policeman's name is, you guessed it, Matthew Kenny. Now, Matthew Kenny was a local uh, um, guy around the area. Too much, I don't know too much about his background. Uh, I think that he lived there all his life or something like that. I don't really know for sure. But I do know that he was a part of what you call the mounting patrol. Now, when I say mounting, I'm not talking about mounting as in uh, landscape, but we're talking about the mounting patrol as in when it comes to the animals, uh, the horses. So his job is literally to drive, to ride on the horses and do patrols. And if they're not riding on the horses, sometimes they ride in a patrol car. Mostly that's what they do downtown, ride on the horses or whatever have you and do their patrolling that way. And they're responsible for taking care of the horses and making sure that they will kill them. Now, Matthew was well-respected in the community, okay? Very well So when the MBI hears this information, well, you know what they're going to do. They come straight to the family. When they come straight to the family, they apologize and say they're sorry for her loss, and they wanted to get information about Miss Clayton. Well, they, well, her mother definitely and, and the rest of the family said, listen, you know, she loved her four kids. She was a single mother. Uh, we would help her with the kids when she had to do things or let loose out on the town. And that she also liked hanging out on the square whenever she wasn't busy with work. Now, if you don't know what the square is in Oxford, Mississippi, it's a place for people to socialize. It's like the nightlife. Okay, a lot of college kids, a lot of grown folks, they get out there, they socialize, and, you know, they get to uh, know people and enjoy the night. Now, back a couple of years earlier, this is where Dominique met Matthew Kenny. Uh, he basically saw her and struck up a conversation, and the attraction sparked. Here you had this dark-haired, blue-eyed uh, white gentleman who was attracted to this uh, brown skin fair lady. Now, I'm going to show you a picture of how Miss Dominique Clayton looked. So you can get an idea of how why this guy was spitting over her when he first saw her.
one moment we pull this image up. And that's her. That was her. So, Matthew seen this woman and knew he had to have Like, this woman here was everything that he was dreaming of in his ideal woman. Now, Matthew, again, he's a cop and he's very busy. And I don't know for sure what type of work uh, Miss Clayton did, but I think she did um, have a very uh, demanding job. Um, but they never really clarified where that was at. But I do know that whenever they both had time, they spent so much time together. And Matthew was very doting on Miss Dominique Clayton. I'm talking about doting as in he would uh, help her out financially well, with the rent every month. Uh, he also brought her a car and he was help saving her um, money, helping her save money towards purchasing her first house. And he brought her a promise ring. He didn't say it was a marriage ring, but just a promise ring, but an engagement promise to always be there for her now getting back to the crime while this is going on now fast going fast forward back to this crime people are just the mbi took the look at it now from the naked eye it looked like it was a homicide it was a, a suicide but the MBI looked a little bit and was like, wait a minute, the way this angle of this bullet is on the side of the temple of this woman's head, that's not a suicide. That's straight murder. So, they ruled it out the um, Mississippi Bureau of Investigation and called it a homicide. They go and ask the family, when did you see her? They said it was midnight. They saw her lights come on from a car. And the mother basically said, I've seen her go in the house. That was it. Now, the family at first said the only issues that Dominique ever had was her next door neighbor, Isaiah Hill. Because he was rowdy, you know, he liked to party. He was one of those guys that liked to have, the, the, you know, the nightlife jumping all the time, every chance he get. But the the Mississippi Bureau investigation was like, nah, we're not looking at this guy because that's like, you know, the, you, you know, uh, what they call that, uh, disturbing the peace type of thing. That's like a domestic area. That's that's not that serious. So they also asked about her love life, and that's when they tell her, tell them about that Matthew Kenny was the man that she had been involved with for a couple of years. But this is when it gets crazy. They also drop a bombshell that nobody was prepared for. 
Matthew Kenny was married. That's right, married. He was a married man with kids, with the wife that he recently just married. Uh, been married for about three years now. So about the same parallel time, he started dealing with Dominique. So when the NBI heard that, that was a red flag. But the family also made them aware that Dominique knew he was married and she was cool with the situation because in her mind, she felt like that sooner or later, he was going to leave his wife because he was smitten about her. So they also asked if his wife knew about the affair. They said, everybody is saying so far, no. So the NBI said, you know what? We need to do an interview. So they couldn't do it in the county of where Oxford is because again, this is a this is a case that is very sensitive because you have a police officer that girlfriend would or slash mistress was murdered. So you don't want to be in their house interrogating him. You want to be somewhere where he's not around anyone that can interfere or can do anything to impede the investigation. So they went to Lafayette County. So Lafayette County is the next county over. They took it to the interview room and talked to him there. Now, Matthew was genuine when he talked to these young folks, these uh, MBI agents. He was like, listen, man, I was in love with this woman, all right? And I'm, I'm heartbroken, you know, because we were supposed to be together. Now, he confirmed that the last time he saw her, and it went like this, she called him because it was raining and everything that night at the square. And she needed him to pick her up and to drop her off to her car, which Matthew did as a gentleman. And when he did that, he went and he left and went back to the state to finish um, making sure he was grooming the horses and prepping them for the next time they need to use for the mounting patrol. Then he even let them look at his phone where it said that he worked around 2.30 a.m. and that's when he texted Dominique and he went home. So the MBI is like, all right, so far so good. Everything checks out. We'll move right along. Now again, the MBI cannot overturn any stone. So they decide to head out to Melissa Kenny. Now, Melissa Kenny is the wife of Matthew Kenny. Now, Melissa Kenny is doing her motherly duties like any housewife would do, and she get a doorbell. She comes in and she goes to the door and it's like, hi. How can I help you? Yes, ma'am. Uh, this is so-and-so. Uh, and this is my partner, so-and-so. 
we are the agents of Mississippi Bureau of Investigations. Um, I hope you are, are you aware of a young African American woman was murdered last night in Oxford, Mississippi. Oh yes, yes, I I I know about that. Uh, my husband is actually was down at the police station saying that he was uh, there for tr- for some questioning about um, about that to be back in a while, but. What, what does that have to do with me, per se? The agents looked at each other. And when this happened, that's when the wife realized what was really going on in her marriage. Oh, my God. He cheated on me. Are you telling me this woman that got killed? was actually the woman he was dealing with? His mistress? Man, we need to know where were you at during the hours of so-and-so and so-and-so time? Uh, I have an alibi. So she gives him an alibi information that was never disclosed what she was but wherever she was, the alibi was tight, and they ruled her out. Now, I can imagine that when Matthew Kenny got home, we already know that uh, it got real. So, they go to Dominique Friends that was at the square that night. Dominique Friends was like, yeah, you know, Matthew Kenny came through, and he picked up like a gentleman, like he always do. Made sure she got in the car, and she went her way, and he went his. So, as that went around, the friend said again, why won't you guys check Isaiah Hill? He was a next door neighbor, and not only did she had a problem with him with the loud music and keeping her kids up, Dominique decided to take things in her own hands by going out here and having him called out for uh, actually having a warrant so he could get arrested. So when that happened, the police was like, all right, let's check him out. So the police did. And when they did, what do you know? They, uh, they found out that uh, he was definitely, and I repeat, definitely got put in prison for what he did for her calling the cops on him. Now, he said, listen, man, I, yeah, I got out of jail the day before she was murdered. But I wasn't here. I went to Memphis, Tennessee for my daughter's graduation. Almost missed it. And I spent the night at my mama's house. And if you don't believe me, man, you can check everything. So they check like they do normally. The cell phone. They check the coordinates of that. The alibis. And, you know, all the people. And everybody verified. Like, yeah, Isaiah Hill was nowhere around. But before they had did and finished checking all that, 
Isaiah Hill had said something to them that really sparked their interest. They, and he said the following, y'all up here checking on me. You need to be checking on her boyfriend, Matthew Kenny. The dude's a dirty cop, man. I'm telling you, the dude is a dirty cop. If you don't believe me, check his history. Well, the MBI was like, well, let's check it out. But this is what happened. While they were doing some digging, the MBI found out that Matthew Kenny was a dirty cop in Olive Branch. Now, somebody close to him, I think a relative or something, was shot in the head. And they ruled it as a suicide. But there was a lot of suspicious talk about that individual that got killed around him that was close to him in so many ways people were starting to say that it wasn't a suicide and it was something that he did so getting spooked and didn't know how things were going to play out because he was on the road of getting fired from his police job out there in Olive Branch, Mississippi he hurried up and put his resignation in and moved and moved on down to Austin, Mississippi, where he got the chance to um, file to be a law enforcement officer. Uh, then he met his wonderful wife, Melissa uh, Kenny. And when he met Melissa Kenny, they got married. And there you have it. Before you know it, not even being married, not even close to a year yet, he ran into Dominique Clay, and when he saw her, it was all about trying to have that in his life. And boy, was he trying. So, the cop, the, um, the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation, alright, so he was a dirty cop, then that lets us know that this dude probably is sneak. So let's check it out. So, they went and got his cell phone information. And yeah, it said that his cell phone was definitely at the stables all the way to 2.30 that night. Okay. But while doing real digging, because people don't understand, you can leave your phone idle anywhere to commit a crime. But the new technology that they have now, they can tell how often you pick up your phone how often that you use it, how often that you look over stuff, like people just know, right? So if you go out here and say, oh yeah, um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I didn't have my phone with me. Guess what? It doesn't matter. They gonna see it. They gonna see it, man. They gonna see it. And that what happened with him. What happened with him is that they saw it and they saw that it was no movement and that was weird so uh, that's when they decided okay there was no movement on this phone he had to leave these stables let's check and see if any patrol cars was out towards the intersection of where Dominic resided well the police relied on good old surveillance camera that's all around 
any city. And lo and behold, they saw a patrol car crossing into Dominique's neighborhood almost around about two something in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. So they was like, wait a minute. Let's see if there was supposed to be any patrols during that area, during that time. So they went ahead on and contacted the Oxford Police Department and asked them, hey, guys, did y'all have anybody, um, any patrol cars out in the area of Oxford, Mississippi, near um, Miss Clayton's uh, residence or intersections uh, during that time, special calls, anything? And it was like, uh, no, we ain't had nobody out there. No, ain't nobody was out there. Well, that's when the MBI said, okay, that was him. That was his patrol car. So after they nailed down that it was Matthew's patrol car, that's when they had another interview with Matthew Kenny. Now at first, Matthew Kenny do like anybody else do, play it smooth and cool. Oh, nah, man, I wasn't mean I didn't do that. But then they started unloading all of the circumstantial and technical forensic evidence that they had on Matthew to the point that Matthew cracked. Matthew was like, listen, man, I just got tired of Dominique asking me for money, all right? Like, I love the girl, but she was expensive. Like, it seemed like the more I give her for rent or the more I give her for uh, um, to save for a house or to do this or do that, she wanted more. And I just told her, like, yo, I can't, I can't afford it. Like, I'm, I'm paying for two households. And you're not helping me budget. So, you know, this got to stop. Or we're going to have to stop. And that's when Dominique told him, if you try to end it with me, I'm going to go to your wife and tell her everything that we were doing. Now, Matthew was... Feeling that pressure. He know that giving this money to Dominique was going to have to make him make a choice between his wife and kids and her. And he know that he was not going to just stop with his wife and kids and ride off in the sunset with her because it's not what he really wanted. He wanted the best of both worlds. And he know Dominique was now not going to settle for the partial amount he was giving her before. You know, it was no more partial. She want the whole thing and then, and then some. So that's when he felt like the only choice he had was to eliminate Dominique. So he go and he takes his service weapon. You know, his service weapon. Um, he could change the bullets to a 3.8. So, and the reason why, because he know that if he shoot, it's not going to inject any cartridge at all. It's just going to fire this straight bullet. He went, he put this into his weapon, and he planned it out very methodically. When she called him, he goes, picks up, whatever have you. 
And he probably did some digging and asking, hey, you want me to come for the night since your kids ain't there? And she probably told him, no, I'm tired. I want to get some rest. Well, he knew the kids wasn't there. She'd be about herself. Perfect, perfect opportunity. So that's when he went and waited. So he felt made sure that she was in that bed and probably dead sleep. He goes, jump in his patrol car, slides and drives. You know what I'm saying? As we say where I'm from, sliding, but driving all the way to a house. When he got to a house, probably knew how to get in with the keys or whatever. He went, got let himself in, slowly walked into her bed. There Dominique was passed out, sleeping on her stomach, just getting that beautiful good night's sleep. At first, he had a sense of comfort. Matthew was looking at this woman and was like, man, I love this girl. She's the love of my life. I mean, I know I don't want her to tell my wife, who I also love, about what's going on, but I just ain't got the heart to do this. I can't take her out like this. This is crazy. And then he was about to walk away. But then he thought about the consequences of her telling his wife. The shame he would get from the public. The humiliation, the embarrassment. Um, not to mention, he would probably have to pay alimony, child support. It was just too much for him to, to just lose. So that's when he turned around, took his service weapon out, pointed and the side of that beautiful lady's head and pulled trick. <sighs> then Matthew calmly went, walked out of that house, got in his patrol car, headed to the stables, finished up, got his phone, and before he left the stables, text her good night, knowing good and damn well that she was already you can't make this up, man. It's so heartless. Well, the trial started in the summer of 2020. And y'all already know what was going on in 2020. 2020 was a very rough time for America. You had everybody really, really into their feels about what happened with George Floyd. Then you had um, Black Lives Matter just causing all this chaos and craziness. It was insane, bro. It's an insane time. Well, during that time, Matthew Kenny was going back and forth to court. And I think that he finally realized that what he was facing was probably going to be the death penalty. So, in July of 2021, he decided to take a plea deal. He would plead guilty to uh, first-degree murder and to be sentenced with life in prison. Now, let me tell you what that means. Life in prison means that he has to serve probably I think a minimum of maybe 30 years or 40 years I don't know for sure before he get his first parole 
hearing. And even then, I'm quite sure that her children, who would be adults by then, are not going to let this gentleman see the light of day. So in layman's terms, I don't ever see this guy getting out of prison. I really don't. And it's sad because this was a tragedy on all fronts. I mean, this man threw away his whole life. I mean, he had a beautiful wife originally that I'm also going to show you Miss, the previous Miss Melissa Kinney. There you go. Now, this is the Miss uh, Melissa Kenny. I mean, imagine that. Imagine how he had told her life apart in the kids. Because she really thought that this was the love of her life. She really thought that this man cared for her. She felt like she found her prince charming. But instead, she got a dud. And we also got to look at the other thing that is so sad in this case. Uh, with uh, Matthew Kenny, not only did he mess up his kids, but he also messed up her kids. Um, And, and it's and it's so sad that it had to end like this. I always tell everybody, if you don't want to uh, be with someone, just this woman up, man up, a woman up, and be honest. I mean, that's all you got to do. It's not hard. It's really not. Um, I mean, look at how many lives have been destroyed. I mean, this now, this this girl's mother would never see her children grow up. I mean, she had left four kids: her son, and her her two daughters, and her other baby boy. They'll never see mama grow up. Never. Never see mama while they growing up. And it's sad. It really is, man. My heart goes out to them. So before I end this, there were some things that did happen after the case. Um, and I'm going to read that to you right quick. Like, give me one moment. And I'll bring that to you. Uh, give me one second to pull this up. So, Dominique Clayton family, which was last year, filed a lawsuit. The mother, the family of Dominique Clayton 
was like, listen, we feel like that not only was the department was responsible for this, that uh, Matthew Kenny was responsible for this, but we also want to hold the the department of Ox the Oxford Police Department responsible too. Now I know you're going to probably say, well, why is that? Well, I'm going to read the lawsuit a little bit and tell you what happened and how it worked out, okay? Because they felt like that that he actually um oh and by the way let me correct that he, he pleaded guilty to capital murder and he was sentenced to life without parole so he will not have parole i'm sorry let me correct that so anyway let's talk about it. about the lawsuit and how it worked out so uh we already know dominique clayton was 32 years old when she died and on the morning of May 9th, um, 2019, when Kenny conducted a welfare check on Clayton at her home, Kenny shot Clayton in the head with his department-issued firearm. Now, the U.S. District Court Judge Glenn Davidson awarded Clayton's family $2.2 million Today, the Clayton family received the largest verdict or judgment ever in Mississippi history in a police-involved killing case. While the judgment won't bring back Dominique, the family's delighted that her life matters in court of law. They said black life, but y'all know where I stand. I feel like everybody's life matters. It doesn't care what race you are. And I'm glad that they sued them because... At the end of the day, this could have been all avoided because this guy was a menace. And the department should have done better. The department should have done better by investigating this guy. They didn't investigate or, or did a background, thorough background check. So if they did, they would have found out in the previous county or a couple of counties over, over there in Olive Branch, that he had a problem then with being an upstanding cop. This guy should have never been a cop at all. He was a sheep in wolf's, clo wolf's clothing. But now, he's in a place where I'm quite sure that he's probably in a well-secluded area because if he goes to general population, he's going to be fresh meat because... They don't take too kindly to a cop, especially one that murders his mistress that has four kids. Doesn't go very well on in the slam. Just saying. I want to give everybody a special thank you for being with me during this uh, episode. Also, too, I want to um, give a shout out to my sources, which was the following sources. That I got my information from uh, Fatal Attraction, the series, uh, multi-million dollar judging on the uh, WLBT3, the Daily News, the Daily Mail, I meant. And 
not to mention uh localmemphis.com uh, that article i got that information from there and not to mention the mirror over in the uk so again man this was very tragic man i hate that to do these stories it's really really sad only thing i want to tell everybody is please if you're not happy in your relationship and you decide to want to do another relationship in the one you in, because when you start having dual relationships and having to do a double life sooner or later, it's going to be detrimental to someone in the three of one of you three in the triangle. It's either going to be detrimental to you. It's either going to be detrimental to your present spouse, or it's going to be detrimental to the new side boot. So, do yourself a favor before you get in a triangle in the one you are feeling like you don't need to be in no more. Or you can just work things out and be mahogany. Because again, once multiple people get involved, so thank you for joining us tonight. Until then, I'm out.